Okay, so he's got this poem called Gray Seas Are Dreaming of My Death. Gray Seas Are Dreaming of My Death, Child. It's a short little poem. You ever see Gray Seas Dream of Your Death there, Chiefy? <laughs> <laughs> they dream a little dream. <laughs> Oh, they're, they're like dolls' dreams, all black and shiny. I'll catch you a dream. <laughs> a lifeless dream. I know gray seas are dreaming of my death. Out on gray plains where foam is lost in sleep. Where one damp wind wails on continually. And no life lives in the forgotten air. Ay, yoy, but oh, the mood doth change. The sea doth lift me high on living mountains. As a mother guards her babe, so the fierce hills round me range. And a voice goes on and on in mighty laughter. The joyous call of strength which doth engard me. Ay, yoy. All the splendor of the sea doth guard me from the slaughter. O men in weary lands, lift up your hearts and hands, and weep ye are not me, child of all the sea, out upon the foam among the fountains, and the glory, and the magic of this water world, where in childhood I was hurled, weep, for I am dying in my glory, and the foam swings round and sings, and the great seas chaunt, and the whitened hills are falling, and I am dying in my glory, dying, dying, dying. <laughs> so he was a cabin boy. That's where a lot of his stories come from. But he gave up. He, like, renounced the sea. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. He was he was small in stature. He was short and sensitive and had an almost beautiful face. So he was bullied by the other sailors. He was bullied by seamen for such having such a beautiful face. <laughs> I'm scary though. Welcome back. Black rum, like uh, like in the fine, delicious Kraken rum, is uh, is not scary. That's a are, wonderful, you're... pleasant beverage. <laughs> are you trying to? Are you trying but to? Uh... Red rum. <laughs> you know what red rum means? Red rum. Murder. Oh, here we go. It's murder in the mirror. Red rum. Welcome back to the Halloween Spooktacular Great Dive <laughs> Podcast. Oh. The Phantoms and the Ghouls are out tonight. I got some ghost stories for you, Brando. Awesome. It's perfect for a Spooktacular Friday. I know you love <laughs> stories. <laughs> Of ghosts and apparitions. Apparitions. Phantom boats. Ghost ships. 
haunted sea ghost ships, sea serpents. Yeah, good old Halloween. It's the perfect time. Yeah, yeah, I'm all for them. Let's. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's partly why I enjoy shipwreck diving and Great Lake shipwreck diving so much. Is you know, I grew up as a kid like a, a monster. Mm-hmm. A monster freak. I was one of the you know the monster kids that I was a monster kid too. You know, yeah, yeah, like all those old horror movies. And yeah, man, I love those. Wolfman. Staying up. Wolfman was my man. Late but, on uh, late yeah. on Saturday night. I remember watching Wolfman and Dracula. And the extra. They meet Abbott and Costello. <laughs> not that one. I, I I got tricked into that one. I was not in the mood for stupid slapstick comedy. As a kid, they I was all, like, this isn't even scary. Met, all the monsters met Abbott and Costello. You know that. The mummy, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Yeah, but they Dracula. all turned into bumbling idiot monsters. Well, they're monsters. They're the undead. They're, they're uh, you know, they're monsters. So what, what better way to highlight their zaniness than to put them with a couple of classic comedians like Abbott and Costello? Know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Did they ever meet the Three Stooges? The Three Stooges do the monster say, I thing. Think they, they might have. But. I would. I like. I think uh, I would have liked the Three Stooges meeting Wolf Werewolf or a Wolf Man or whatever the title he goes by. It's Sir Wolf Man. He was he was knighted by the Queen before she died. To Sir Wolf, the Sir Wolf Man, Werewolves of London. Um, that's a that's a good story. Warren Zevon, Werewolves of London. I was going to dress up for the Zoom as a werewolf drinking a pina colada. Oh. At Trader That Vicks. would be because you're a werewolf of, from London? I'm a werewolf of London. At least Warren Zevon once saw a werewolf drinking a pina colada at Trader Vicks. But the thing was, his hair was perfect. Perfect. Much like yours is. Thanks Listen. to... This is this is the perfect this is the perfect manscape segue. <laughs> Talking about the old wolf man and the werewolf of London in particular who's drinking a pina colada because his hair was perfect. Thanks to the lawnmower 4.0, the werewolves of London are all rejoicing. They're getting a little action. Well, it is a timely song because, you know, he saw Lon Chaney walking with the queen, queen. who who just just recently passed away. <laughs> okay. Maybe it was the ghost of the queen. <laughs> he saw Lon Chaney Jr. walking with the queen. Which would be a, a scary sight. <laughs> you know, you know what else is a scary sight, Brando? Whoa. When you start talking that way, I don't know if you're being romantic with me or you're trying to be scary. <laughs> Michael Myers sure is scary. But the last thing, Brando, you need is to be hairy this Halloween. If I'm a and, werewolf, uh, I can't help it. Luckily, our friends at Manscaped launched their fourth generation performance package to make sure your pumpkins get the ultimate carving experience on this spooky day. <laughs> Oh, you can, uh, you know, you can turn your bite sized treat into a king size candy. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> this Halloween trick or treat. Join the six million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, just like Brando and his wife over there <laughs> giving out the full size <laughs> Snickers <laughs> by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code TGDP. Make the right call this spooky season. It's trick or trim. Whoa. Free shipping, did 20% you, uh, off. Use TGDP code. TGDP hear- code. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Did you hear me walking in today to sit down on my microphone? It was like... <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's all clean, like clean as a whistle. I don't my know. My balls are using, using that brand new stuff that we got. <laughs> Everybody can hear you coming. Here comes James, clean as a whistle, James. Yeah, I just got my ultra smooth package in the mail, Brandon. Yeah, me too. Pretty sweet. Oh man, that uh, that little crop shaver, that thing is like whoa, perfect shaped and sized to just get down all those little nooks and crannies. (laughs) Lubing up with some crop gel. 
after I've fully exfoliated the crops. Out, don't let things get out of hand down there, James. Oh, they're well in hand. B- <laughs> believe me. I don't want uh, you know uh, you know that's that's the thing is you don't want trimming your balls to turn into uh, like a Freddy Krueger film. <laughs> eek, eek. Psycho. You don't want to turn eek, into eek, psycho. Eek, eek. Yeah, it's a dangerous uh, undertaking when one decides to get the area ready for diving or other things. And we also got that ultra premium collection with some skin and hair care products. You try out that new uh, body wash. I did. I did. It's uh, the, the fragrance is uh, is that manscaped clean, clean smell. I, I, I don't know any other way to put it. It's uh, it's uh, you smell very clean with that manscaped body wash total game changer it changed my game i'll tell you that much it's uh you know it's making my pumpkins feel nice and fresh i was playing checkers now i'm playing 5d chess that's where i'm at and i tell you i am a i'm a you know a stickler for a good lip balm oh well you and got that, to that, be. that new manscaped lip balm they got in there do you put it uh, on uh on your pumpkins? <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, get 20% off of free shipping with the code TGDP at Manscaped. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TGDP at Manscaped.com. Say trick-or-treat to your beautiful new Halloweeny with Manscaped. <laughs> trick-or-treat, Halloweeny, trick-or-treat, trick-or-treat, what are you going for this year? <laughs> what are you going as this year, Brandon? <laughs> Me or the Halloweeny? I'm, I've I'm never really dressed a... up the Halloweeny, but <laughs> uh, no. But back to um, speaking of Halloweenies, though. Uh, speaking of Halloween, little uh, Halloweeny trivia. Um, when what were the first two candy bars to be uh, fun size? Snickers and Milky Way. I think you're right, you son of a bitch. How did you know that? <laughs> it was on well, a, my Halloween, my Halloweeny tour. <laughs> yeah, so that you know, at the coffee bean, the our coffee shop downtown that we go to, they have the yeah. trivia, and that was up there yesterday. You got to get the, you got to get that little coffee shop in your town to start carrying some abyss coffee. I would like to. They uh, they have their own thing going on there. I don't know what it is, but. Well, they've got very Halloweeny looking uh, sounding coffees, you know, like the Kraken, the Kraken, and the Siren, yeah. and Davy Jones's Locker. She's got a really good Halloweeny theme, and I, I think that's you know, uh, you know, go over to the AbyssCoffeeCo.com people, and uh, yeah, the AbyssCoffeeCo.com, and uh, order up some coffee. Put in the code TGDP there too, but. Um, I think that's kind of why, you know, getting back now that we got like the the business, the work part of the show done, you know. Thank God. Uh, I, I I think that's kind of why, though, I do like the Abyss Coffee Company, I l- as well as I think what I was saying earlier was, you know, why I kind of really enjoyed getting into Great Lakes shipwreck diving is, you know, being the monster kid, you know, growing up, you know, loving that that. You know, old horror, and ghost stories. You know, there's there's that ghostliness to diving those Great Lake shipwrecks. There is a certain eerie, haunted house feeling you uh, you get on many of the shipwrecks, especially especially to me the old wooden the old woodies uh, have that yeah, eerie. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, uh, what's that? The Flying Dutchman kind of feel if you if you find a good one, right? Well, yeah, the uh, the Flying Dutchman is kind of like the classic tale of maritime legends. Maritime haunting. A, a, a ghost ship that's doomed to sail the seven seas forever. A ship of ghosts sailing the seven seas. What about the Great Lakes? They don't say that sailing uh, the Great Lakes, it's... A ship of ghosts. Well, they do call the they. There is like the Flying Dutchman of the Great, the Great Lakes, Lakes, but they're not sailing the, the Seven Lakes. Seas, then, though. Right, right. The, well, the the Flying Dutchman of the Great Lakes, true, is 
We're good. today on today's show. We will finally reveal what ship is the Flying Dutchman of the Great Lakes. This is like a Mori Povich episode. <laughs> Geraldo Rivera. We're going to unmask the Flying Dutchman of the Great Lakes. Well, in the in the Great Lakes, there's a few that have been considered yeah. the Flying Dutchman. I think only one really stands out in my purest mind. In my demented oh, I know. purest. I know mind. what one you're thinking yeah. of. Go ahead, say it. No, I, I want you to say it because you deserve to say it. I'm, we'll, we'll say it on the count of three. On the count of three. On the count of Halloween. <laughs> Ready? One, two, Halloween. One, two, <laughs> the Cornelia B. B. Windy 8. The, Cornelia B. Cornelia, the Cornelia B. Windy 8. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> well, that's... Mostly You're supposed because to that... give an evil laugh after you say "it is the one." My evil laugh the, isn't working today. The ghost ship of the Great Lakes. True. It's a beautiful looking. It's a. It is the classic ghost ship because it you know, it matches a bit of the look of right. the Flying Dutchman. Right, with you know, uh, the the big sailing mm-hmm. ship, which is Wooden. what the the Windy Eight was. Mast still standing, ropes and tattered sails hanging off of it as you descend yeah, down. Perfectly upright. Yeah. Florida's that way a little bit too. So is the uh, the Spangler. The Spangler, the Kyle Spangler. I was going to say yes. You read my mind. A couple of them up there, right off of Presqu'ile. Several, I shouldn't say a couple. There's several up there that are just beautiful, flying Dutchmen. Yeah, that, that all have that eerie spookiness yes. to them. And then when you dive on them, you have to. But play it the was, laughing. you know, the the the, the Windy Eight. You know, they say legend has it up there in in those parts that they still see her sail in the seas of the Great Lakes. Of course they do, but she's underwater. No. No, no. Old, <laughs> old town drunkard Fred says he sees the old windy eight sailing the sailing the seas every every you. night when he leaves the old pub and walks down by the pier. I'm telling you, the windy eight's back in the harbor. I've seen her in the moonlight. <laughs> but another one up in a uh, Lake Superior is the Bannockburn. Oh. You like to say the Bannockburn. I like to say the Bannockburn. The Bannockburn. Aye, the Bannockburn. Is it Irish, boy? But they say that that is, you know, officially nicknamed the Flying Dutchman of Lake Superior. And they still see it sailing around the old Sulaks. Interesting. Doomed to never finish that last trip on the lakes. Does it sink? What happens? Remember old uh, William Radigan, his book, Great Lakes Shipwrecks yeah. and Survivals? Yeah. He mentions that on November 21st, 1902, the freighter Ben Ockburn cleared Duluth and was sighted by a passenger vessel the following evening. Unreported at the Sioux Canal, through which all shipping must pass to the lower lakes, she was given up for lost 57 years ago, but many a sailor has claimed to see her since through the frost of a pilot house window in late October or through a porthole smoked with May fog. Her legend, perhaps because of some magic in the sound of her name, Bannockburn, is the most persistent of all the Flying Dutchman stories on the lakes. She has a captain and a crew of 20 to man her across the timeless seas. Whoa. Unless you don't want to be on that crew. What if you don't no. want to be on that crew? An eternity out at sea? I mean, the whole then thing about sent... going to sea was you're coming back. That's the whole part of it. That's the, the beauty of it. If you don't come back, laddie. <laughs> laddie. Ye be doomed to Davy Jones' locker. Davy Jones. With the shocks there, Chiefy. You sound a little bit like Quint. You're having a little bit of Quint in your pirate. Now, in in looking around for um, some cool new shipwreck stories and ghost stories, which you know I love. I I, I probably have a 
a sizable retirement account in all of my ghost stupid books. Great Lakes ghost ship books. They're not stupid, first of all. They're inanimate objects. So, who's calling them stupid? Is that your wife calling them stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were, you, were you listening when I opened up? You and when your I stupid opened this, book. When I opened this package. So I ordered, I ordered this book. It's really a, a really kick-ass old book. It's called Legends and Superstitions of the Sea and of Sailors. Now, truth be told, I have a reprint of this book. Oh, son of a bitch. This book is uh, This no is good. from 1885 is when it was copywritten. So, I mean, it's an old, old book written by Fletcher Bassett, a lieutenant in the U.S. Navy. And he goes through... All like just these really cool. It's an account of all these like old stories, old legends of you know saints and demons and uh, witches and sea monsters and uh, sea snakes and krakens and ghosts and fa- uh, uh, phantom boats like the Flying Dutchman's and all kinds of really cool stuff in here. And there's a section called the Specters of the Deep. Where he says that the sailor imagined the world of water people with beings of an ethereal kind, unsubstantial specters, ghostly apparitions and weird forms, animate and inanimate, shadowy lands and imaginary countries. Apparitions were formerly common at sea. The ancient Greek navigators accustomed to materialize all physical phenomena often beheld them on land and at sea. Their deities and semi-deities frequently appeared in times of danger. So kind of like uh, he kind of goes through like from the earliest times of people being on land, uh, you know, hitting the water. Where like remember like early on, you know, if you lived on the coast, you know, they it was just thought that that water went until it ended and you like fell off the end of the world. And there was all these (laughs) sea monsters in that water, like out on the horizon that were just going to gobble your sailor ass up. Yeah. So they made like, just, and then could you imagine being out and, and you've lost sight of, of shore and you're just out there like working those boats and you think to yourself, self, what was that? (laughs) <laughs> what, what was that? Your mind gets the better of you. But you got to remember back in those days, they didn't have like, uh, you know, movies filling your head with a bunch of ideas uh, that there's ghosts or demons or something around every corner. They just had old grandpa sitting around the fire filling your head with. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you're you're there, adopted you like- and you were the, you're, you're the son of a ghost. <laughs> and he's going to haunt you. But could you imagine seeing, like, being like the first guy to be out on a boat and see a water spout? Yeah, yeah. Like, like after what leaving the... sight of land? Like, what are you going to think that is? Other than, like, some ghostly apparition. It could only apparition. be a ghostly apparition. That's all it could be. And then you mix in there, like, all the... All the early drunken tales at the bar when you pull into port. That's really what's going on. I was going to say religion, but same basic thing, I guess. Yeah, really. Yeah, same, same difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't really hear like uh, you know flying Dutchman ghostly hauntings on the seas stories and uh, religious. I mean, other than like old Greek mythology kind of thing, you might. I'm sure there's other mythologies too. That have yeah, yeah, you know, the stories as old old as time. Yeah, yeah the, the my, myths and creatures and gods from the from the waters. And in this book, the Specters of the Deep, he says ghosts are encountered at sea. We read in an old work. I look upon sailors to care as little of what becomes of themselves as any people under the sun. Yet no people are so much terrified at the thought of an apparition. Their sea songs are full of them. They firmly believe in their existence. An honest Jack Tar shall be more frightened at the glimmering of the moon upon the tackling of a ship than he would if a Frenchman were to place a blunderbuss at his head. Place a what? A blunderbuss. A blunderbuss? Yes. 
What is it? Is that like an AirPods? What is that? What's a blunderbuss? <laughs> blunderbuss. Is it a special hat? No, it's a gun. It's a gun. You're, t- you're like reading that it's off a- the internet, acting like it's- you you don't know it's a gun. What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's the cla- It's like the classic old pirate gun. Oh, a blunderbuss. I thought you said blunderbuss. The same work, Brando, tells of us a tale of a ship's crew that had not only seen, but smelled a ghost. A few judicious lashes dispelled the belief, but the smell proceeded from a dead rat found in the place indicated as the haunt of the ghost. Cotton Mather tells us of a specter that visited a colonial ship carrying off in a ghostly canoe seven of the crew at a time. He also says many persons who have died at sea have been seen within a day of their death by friends at home. Explain that one. Uh, there's no explanation. There'd be no explanation. Science you is just, baffled. You know, your mom <laughs> just wakes up in the morning. She's walking out to the mailbox in her robe. Uh-huh. And there's old Captain Bob, me old daddy. Bob. Standing at the front porch. <laughs> he's got a trench coat on. A, he's got a, it's a fisherman cap. And a trench coat. <laughs> That's old drunken Bob. He was on a bender the night before. Everybody knows him. You know, popular tradition asserts that the ghost of a young man lost at sea appeared to his mother in Cornwall, and that of an officer of the Navy appeared to his wife at Mora in Cornwall. The lady, the lady Sibylla sits on the rocks looking seaward for wrecks. The apparition of a smuggling crew dripping wet was also seen, portending the wreck that followed. A pilot at St. Ives received a ghostly warning in the vision of a man, his mouth filled with seaweed and his shoes with sand. Explain that story. Uh, Well, there is no explanation other than a ghost. It's pretty simple. The, The old British Isles are full of them. You know, in a Cornish legend, the specter of a privateer captain goes off in a thundercloud in a mysterious ship. In the same story, the ghost of a shipwrecked sailor appears. In another tale, a similar specter appears and carries off his waiting bride. The ghosts of shipwrecked mariners are seen and their cries heard from the waves in a certain bay on the Cornish coast. Now, do you think that's really just the wind blowing across the the seashore, or is it howling phantoms? It's it's phantoms in the in the night air. <laughs> it's phantoms in the night air. What, it really couldn't be the other anything else, James. <laughs> or it could be you after you've had a couple walking home. <laughs> Scottish fishermen and sailors have many stories of these ghosts. The ghost of a murdered lady appears to her lover at sea. In a tale by Gregor, coming in the shape of a bright light, assuming the human form as it draws nearer, she finally calls him, and he springs into her arms and disappears in a flash of fire. In another legend, an officer sees in a vision two boatmen bringing in the body of a third. Soon afterward, this actually occurred. The boat in which they were in having capsized, the specter of a woman who died on the scaffold is said to have appeared to her sailor lover, who had promised to be faithful to her, living or dead. It came in a gale. Accompanied by a storm cloud, accompanied by a gigantic figure, the vessel was meanwhile sorely storm-beaten, but was delivered when these apparitions obtained possession of the sailor. On Solway Firth, the ghost of a murdered lady appears in a blaze of fire. Fire! So, so the sailor made her promise to be faithful while you're alive and, and. while you're dead. That's one henpecked sailor right there. Well, that sailor's a little psychopathic, I think, a little bit. Like, listen, 
I don't just want you right now. I want you for eternity. For eternity, you're stuck with me. You better! <laughs> you better, exactly. So she's the psychopath. <laughs> you better be faithful while I'm dead. Or I'm, I better be faithful <laughs> while I'm dead. Well, what does he think? There's like, that's, I'm going no, that's, to the... Uh, that's love. It's true love, Brad. <laughs> Until he meets that, that one ghost of his dreams. <laughs> Tor, it's going to tear him away. They're in uh, otherworldly uh, dimensions, if you will. I don't think you can be held to your, to your promises uh, being uh, alive that you made. Well, these stories don't only exist over there on the British Isles. No, we've got crazy stories here, too. A Block Island tradition declares that the ghosts of certain refugees drowned in the surf during the Revolution are often seen. These harbor boys struggling to reach the shore and sometimes making their cries heard. Could they be seagulls? No, seals. they're harbor boys. Seals. Harbor boys? Trying to make their cries heard. What, are, what the hell is a harbor boy? They're struggling <laughs> to get back to shore. The ghosts are struggling to get back to shore. Again, could they be s- seals? Among Maine fishermen, there are seals. legends of specters, s- Chiefy. Chiefy, there's a couple of specters here. You ever there seen was a particularly the specter, story Chiefy. of the Haskell. She broke loose from her moorings during a gale on George's banks and <laughs> ran into and sank the Andrew Johnson all on board. The drowned men were reported to come on board the Haskell at midnight and go through the dumb show of fishing over the side so that no one in Gloucester could be got to sailor. And she would not have bought six pence in the market. Six pence also in the market. Six pence. She would not have bought six pence in the market. This ship will not buy six pence in the market. Is it, that's GV. like a pretty GV. That's like a, <laughs> a, a an insult, isn't it? Right, right. It's a pretty complicated insult. Because like if somebody threw that insult at you, you'd be like, what? You think uh, these ghosts are just being trivial? <laughs> yes. Your mother wears combat boots. Well, your ship won't buy six pence in the market. Wait a minute. That's There's unfair. a legend of a ghost of a former wreck, pirate, etc. at Ipswich. When storms come, the howling of the wind is Harry Maine. The legend is embodied in a verse by A. Morgan. You want to hear I this do, verse? I must. Uh, you want to hear this verse by Her- about Harry oh, Maine? Only if you do it in a uh, character. <laughs> in, uh, do it as Quint, Chiefy. This, uh... He blasphemed God. <laughs> so they put him down with his iron shovel at Ipswich Bar. They chained him there for a thousand years as the sea rolls up to shovel it back. So when the sea cries, the good wives say, Harry Maine growls at his work today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the story's not very scary without the evil, eerie laugh at the end. But it's it's not bad, I guess. A thousand years. You want a you want a really scary story? Yeah, I do. I would like to be scared. I've got a story. This is a true story, happen. though. Scare your wetsuit booties off! You. <laughs> I don't know. I work pretty hard getting in those wetsuit booties. I'm just sitting here right now. That's because that's because you're tradi- you haven't upgraded to the new ones no. with the zippers. No. No, I just buy the cheapest wetsuit booties on the... You got those old 1984 uh, <laughs> Parkway booties with the, the carpet bottom, yes. you know, the carpet soles. Dude, those are fantastic. No, so I've got a story by William Hope Hodgson. Billy, Billy Hodgson. Billy Hope was a writer back in, you know, like the, the cl- a classical old English writer that wrote a bunch of like horror and fiction and science fiction stories uh, back in the 1800s. Was he like uh, the Stephen King of uh, the 1800s? 
yeah, you know, he inspired a lot of the the great horror authors. H.P. Lovecraft was a big fan of his. And as much as one of these days I would like to do like an uh, a Lovecraft story, this one is right on right in line with what we're talking about about mariners on the sea and seeing ghosts and beasts rising from the deep. Yeah, this uh, I'm l- uh, looking at this William Hope Hodgson. He's he's uh he's pretty big deal. He was a sailor, so he's got yeah. You know, a lot of sea style stories. You know, at at a very early young age, he ran away from home and became a cabin boy on a boat, basically apprenticed on a boat and wrote and worked on the sea. He's labeled as an author of weird fiction. Weird. Yeah. Use the term weird. I I don't know. How do you do you define the weird? Because he's got a lot of tales like um the thing from the weeds. Yes. A tropical horror. The stone ship. Demons of the sea. Demons the vo- of the sea. <laughs> the voice in the night. The valley of lost what about children. The ghost pirates are. Yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of just a lot of cool stories like that. Some full novels, some short stories. Yeah. And this one today is called. Out of the storm. Out of the storm. Get out of the storm, she said. Are you ready as I read you this this tale from 1909? For a thousand years of cleaning muddy shoe prints because I would not get out of the storm. (laughs) (laughs) Hush! said my friend the scientist as I walked into his laboratory. Do you know most scientists are just like called the scientist or the professor like on Gilligan's Island. They don't, what was the professor's name? Just proved my my hypothesis. They don't have names. They're just called the scientist, the professor, or or the doctor. Although there was Dr. Um, Frankenstein. There was Dr. Frankenstein, but what about the doctor? The doc on uh, Lost in Space. What was his name? Doctor. Come on. What about Doctor Spock? Doctor Spock. Yes, but there's a lot of docs that are just called Doc. But they usually they do sometimes have a name after him. But like the the professor. What about Doctor McDreamy? Doctor McDreamy. I forgot about him. <laughs> I don't know. Is that really his name though? That see, that's not even his real name and. It kind of stuck with him. I had opened my lips to speak, but stood silent for a few minutes at his request. He was sitting at his instrument, and the thing was tapping out a message in a curiously irregular fashion. Stopping a few seconds, and then going on at a furious pace. Yeah, sorry, sorry. It sounded more like a a game show theme. Hey, welcome to Guess Your Apparition. (laughs) Where the winner gets a thousand years of curse-free life. It was during a somewhat longer than usual pause that, growing slightly impatient, I ventured to address him. Anything important? I asked. For God's sake, shut up, he answered back in a high, strained voice. I stared. I am used to pretty abrupt treatment from him at times when he is much engrossed in some particular experiment. But this was going a little too far, and I said so. He was writing, and for reply, he pushed several loosely written sheets over to me with one curt word. Read! (laughs) That's read. With a sense half of anger, half of curiosity, I picked up the first and glanced at it. After a few lines, I was gripped and held securely by a morbid interest. I was reading a message from one in the last extremity. I will give it word for word. Whoa. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about our uh, 
you know, our infatuation a little bit with shipwrecks and the the stories of, you know, lives lost on these shipwrecks and us going to dive on these dive sites of these ships and how they have that eerie, ghostly feel, some of them. Yeah. Again, especially like our awesome Great Lakes sailing ships that, that you can see just have that ghostly feel. And you wonder, I mean, at least I wonder, you know, like what what goes through the minds of these people? Like when we did the story of you know Dennis Hale, you know, yeah. on the on the morel and all those lives being lost around him, and like the people on the the lifeboat with him, you know, and, and him being the sole survivor of that, you know, the 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 last dying thoughts. It's got to be tough. Those are the the weird thoughts going through your mind as you're uh, descending down on the shipwreck. Is what the hell happened here? What was the what was it like? What were the yeah? What were the sailors thinking? Yeah, because I mean, some of the fellas. It's been good to know you. I know what the cook was thinking. (laughs) I know what he said. (laughs) Right. He's the only one, though. Well, this is a firsthand account of a man dying on this ship. Arr. And it's a frightening tale. And you you look back to this. I mean, this is written in the 1900s. It's a good, scary story. Yeah. John, we are sinking. I wonder if you really understand what I feel at the present time. You sitting comfortably in your laboratory. I out here upon the waters, already one among the dead. Yes, we are doomed. There is no such thing as help in our case. We are sinking steadily, remorselessly. God, I must keep up and be a man. I need not tell you that I am in the operator's room. All the rest are on deck or dead in the hungry thing which is smashing the ship to pieces. <laughs> like I, you, you, it's, I can see it's draining the energy out of you to, to read the story in, in character. And then you, you got to kind of regain your composure for the next. It's good. I do not know where we are And there is no one Of whom I can ask The last of the officers Was drowned nearly an hour ago And the vessel is now Little more than a sort of Breakwater for the giant seas Did you hear just uh, last week 25 footers out on Lake Huron yeah. 20, 25 foot seas out on Lake Huron last week. On a lake, no less. Once, about an hour ago, I went out onto the deck. My God, the sight was terrible. It is a little after midday, but the sky is the color of mud. Do you understand? Gray mud! Down from it there hang vast lappets of clouds. Not such clouds as I have ever seen before, but monstrous, mildewed-looking hulls. They show solid, save where the frightful wind tears their lower edges into great feelers that swirl savagely above us, like the tentacles of some enormous horror. Such a sight is difficult to describe to the living, though the dead of the sea know it without words of mine. It is such a sight that none is allowed to see and live. It is a picture for the doomed of the dead. One of the sea's hell orgies. One of the things, monstrous gloatings over the living. Say the alive in death. Those upon the brink. I have no right to tell you of it. To speak of it to one of the living is to initiate innocence into one of the infernal mysteries. To talk of foul things to a child. Yet I care not. I will expose in all its hideous nakedness the death side of the sea. The undoomed living shall know some of the things that death has hitherto so well guarded. (laughs) Death knows not of this little instrument beneath my hands that connects me still with the quick. Else would he hassle to quiet me? 
He just might. He just might. Hark you, John! <laughs> Hark you! <laughs> You know what he means by hark you, John? I, I, I can only imagine. Well, the way you said it, I, I got an idea, but... <laughs> hark you, Brando! <laughs> hark yourself! <laughs> what? I have learned, undreamt of things in this little time of waiting. I know now why we are afraid of the dark. I had never imagined such secrets of the sea and the grave, which are one and the same. Listen! Ah, but I was forgetting you cannot hear. I can. The sea is... Hush! The sea is laughing as though hell cackled from the mouth of an ass. It is jeering. I can hear its voice echo like satanic thunder amid the mud overhead. It is calling to me. Call! I must go. Whoa. The sea calls. You better lay off the gummies, man. What the hell's going on over there? <laughs> You've had too much caffeine. You've had too much of something. Something's going oh. on. Oh, God. Art thou indeed God? Canst thou sit above and watch calmly that which I have just seen? Nay, thou art no God. Thou art weak and puny beside this foul <laughs> thing which thou didst create in thy lusty youth. It is now God, and I am one of its children. <laughs> are you there, John? No. You hark- Nobody in you here but us chickens. <laughs> Why don't you answer? Listen. I ignore God, for there is a stronger than he. My God is here, beside me, around me, and will be soon above me. You know what that means? It is merciless. The sea is now all the God there is. This is one of the things I have learned. Listen, it is laughing again. God, is it? Not he. That's it? <laughs> wait, that, that's it? <laughs> no. Oh, there's a, but wait, there's more. It called, and I went out onto the decks. All was terrible. It is in the waste, everywhere. It has swamped the ship. Only the forecastle, bridge, and poop stick up out from the bestial, reeking thing like three islands in the midst of shrieking foam. At times, gigantic billows assail the ship from both sides. They form momentary arches above the vessel, arches of dull, curved water, half a hundred feet towards the hideous sky. Then they descend, roaring. Think of it. You cannot... You cannot. They should have. He should have probably said "poop deck" and not the poop, because <laughs> it uh, detracts from the eeriness. <laughs> the shit stains all around. <laughs> There's an infection in the in the air, Brando. Oh, I believe it. You got There's poop an on the deck. Of sin in the sin. air. Sin. Did you know uh, his father was a uh, minister? Speaking of sin, that's where this is. He gets some of his writing inspiration from the holy book. Right, right. And uh, there's there's a lot of this story. It's like him, like, shaking his fist at God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, when in reality, you know, he's shaking his fist at his dad and and God and the the holy book and it's sailing uh, and the sea, especially back in the 1900s when you, you you know most people really thought your ass was going to hell if you shook your fist at the good book. Yeah, well, at least some people you know, to, think that. Have, I think they think that now still, but uh, there's a lot there, of people still. Uh, yeah. Hey, there's an infection of sin in the air. 
It is the exhalations from the thing. Those upon the drenched islets of shattered wood and iron are doing the most horrible things. The thing is teaching them. Later, I felt the vile informing of its breath, but I have fled back here to pray for death. <laughs> breath so bad that you pray to be killed. On the forecastle, I saw a mother and her little son clinging to an iron rail. A great billow heaved up above them, descended in a falling mountain of brine. It passed, and they were still there. The thing was only toying with them. Yet all the same, it had torn the hands of the child from the rail, and the child was clinging frantically to its mother's arm. You know what else was in her arm? Bananas. I'm guessing there was bananas on board. <laughs> I saw another vast hill hurl up to port and hover above them. Then the mother stooped and bit like a foul beast at the hands of her wee son. She was afraid that his little additional weight would be more than she could hold. I heard his scream even where I stood. It drove to me upon that wild laughter. It told me again that God is not he, but it. <laughs> then the hill thundered down upon those two. It seemed to me that the thing that gave a bellow as it leapt. It roared about them, churning and growling, then surged away, and there was only one, the mother. The kid, the kid got taken, snatched taken. up. And the mom chewed his arm off before the beast took him. She chewed his arm off? Hmm. Yeah. Didn't you hear that part? I, I was thinking more, it was more metaphorically, but I guess. It, she, was af she was afraid that his additional weight would be more than she could hold. So she ate his. She bit, she bit, she bit like a foul beast <laughs> at the hands of her wee son. I was thinking it was some, some kind of metaphoric. Uh, I didn't think she was actually like, okay, I got to lighten the load here. How about if I bite off a hand? There goes a how, how many ounces? Story. How much weight is that? Really, if you're going to do something, you, you got to, like a leg has to go. And a hand? You ain't even going to notice that. <laughs> I don't know where to go with this. There appeared to me to be blood as well as water upon her face, especially about her mouth. But the distance was too great, and I cannot be sure. I looked away. Close to me, I saw something further, a beautiful young girl, her soul hideous with the breath of the thing, struggling with her sweetheart for the shelter of the chart house side. He threw her off, she came back to him. I saw her hand come from her head where still clung the wreckage of some form of headgear. She struck at him. He shouted and fell away to leeward, and she smiled, showing her teeth. So much for that. I turned elsewhere. So he's watching all this go on as this storm is uh, destroying the ship. Right, and people freaking out <laughs> well sounds biting, like biting <laughs> biting the arms of babes and beating their lovers with with sticks to get them off of them and get them off away from the shelter that they need it's like the classic the classic panic that people go into of like uh, not, not even not even knowing what they're doing just fighting for their own lives right. they, they've given up on everything because the beast is there in front of them ready to take them and they're willing to just chuck Whatever they've got near them, in front of them, between them and the beast, just to save Anything. themselves, including yeah, yeah. their loved ones. Out upon the thing, I saw gleams, horrid and suggestive, below the crests of the waves. I have never seen them until this time. I saw a rough sailorman washed away from the vessel. One of the huge breakers snapped at him. 
Those things were teeth. It has teeth. I heard them clash. I heard his yell. I was no more than a mosquito shrilling amid all that laughter. But it was very terrible. There is worse than death. (laughs) Hell yes, there's worse than death. (laughs) The ship is lurching very queerly with a sort of sickening heave. I fancy I have been asleep. No, I remember now. I hit my head when she rolled so strangely. My leg is doubled under me. I think it is broken. But it does not matter. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Broken leg. He doesn't know if he's... Knocked out, knocked yeah. out cold. That's quite a, a picture we're being painted here. We're, we're getting to the... The nitty gritty. Well, we're getting to like the "my God has forsaken me" kind of. Think well, kind of part a little bit, you know. We haven't. I think he got there right immediately. Isn't isn't that like you're in a shipwreck? You're being taken down. You're being killed. Of course, God's kind of like, okay, this guy's done. Next, these people are done. He, he, he's like taking them out one by one. He's having some like fun. A, in other he words, is. he's toying. That's a little. I, <laughs> I'm just not going to say anything for for respect of our listeners who may partake of the of different thought system. So I'm just not going to say God is a psychopath. I'm not going to say it because <laughs> that's a kind of psychopathic, isn't it? <laughs> I have been praying. I I what was it? I feel calmer, more resigned now. I think I have been mad. What is it that I was saying? I cannot remember. It was something about, about God. I, I believe I blasphemed. May he forgive me. Thou knowest, God, that I was not in my right mind. Thou knowest that I am very weak. Be with me in the coming time. I have sinned, but thou art all merciful. I'll never drink again if you if you just get me through this night. <laughs> right. I'm done. I'll never go to the titty bar. I'll, I'll never, 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 I'll never sneak cookies. No more drinking. It's exactly. I'll straighten up. I'll fly straight. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be good boy. <laughs> I'll be faithful man, God. Just let me make it to shore. This is called the promising phase, where you make all kinds of promises in a an attempt to to make a deal with the the Grim Reaper. Right, and then as soon as your ass gets to shore, you're like, "Get me to the pub drink. right now! I need ah, a beer. I need a drink." <laughs> that was rough. I need a drink. Are you there, John? It is very near the end now. I had so much to say, but it all slips from me. What was it that I said? I take it all back. I was mad, and and God knows. He is merciful, and I have very little pain now. I feel a bit drowsy. Well, they say he's merciful. Everybody says that. I've I've yet to see it, really. I mean, look at what he's doing to these guys. Look at what he did to that mother who had to bite her kid's hand off. What about that? Right. Come on, man. I don't know what kind of mercy that is. As he laughed, showing his teeth of waves. Is that God? His wave, <laughs> waves of teeth. The story is, is, uh, has a little bit more depth to it than uh, many. You should, I'm questioning my whole existence right now. Is there a God? <laughs> is there a purpose of all this? I wonder whether you are there, John. Perhaps, after all, no one has heard the things I have said. It is better so. The living are not meant, and yet I do not know. If you are there, John, you will. You will tell her it was, but not, not. Hark! Who's John? There was such a thunder of water overhead (laughs) just then. Who's John? What's going on, John? I fancy two vast seas have met in midair across the top of the bridge and burst all over the vessel. It must be soon now. And there was such a number of things I had to say. I could hear voices in the wind. This guy just is like, 
I'll let you kill me, but just let me say my piece. Let me say There's the things, things I got to get off my gotta, chest. You'll be talking. Hold on, I'm not done. And another <laughs> thing. <laughs> and this whole, <laughs> you got to clean up this mess. And another thing. They don't build lawnmowers like they used to. No. <laughs> and another thing. It's going to pull a Seinfeld routine. What's up with the what's up with the stewardesses? <laughs> I can hear voices in the wind. They are singing. It is like an enormous dirge. I think I have been dozing again. I pray God humbly that it be soon. You will not not tell her anything about about what I may have said. Will you, John? I mean, those things which I ought not to have said. What was it? Did I say who's John? Remember, John's the John's the guy that he's like hitting the telegraph to type. Oh, the, oh, okay, yeah, sorry, sorry. At, at the very sorry. beginning, and then yes. like his buddy is and burst in on him, and he's reading. I, I kept was I kept looking up uh, stuff from William Hope Hodgson while you were giving those minute details that I probably should have been listening at. I'm a terrible student. If I was in your first grade class right now, you'd be like, "Are you?" Are you even listening to us? Go to the principal's office. Go to the... You're done. You're done. What was it I did say? My head is growing strangely confused. I wonder whether you really do hear me. I may be talking only to that vast roar outside. Still, it is some comfort to go on. And I will not believe that you do not hear all I say. Hark again! A mountain of brine must have swept clean over the vessel. She has gone right over onto her side. She's back again. It will be very soon now. Are you there, John? Are you there? It is coming. The sea has come for me. It is rushing down through the companionway. It, it is like a vast jet. My God. It's like a I hot tub. I am drowning. It's like a hot tub. I am Not bad. Now I know why you got that SAG card. You Ah, earned it, baby. It was believable. It was believable to me. I was I was about to reach through the screen to try to save you. There you go. Out of the storm by William Hope Hodgson. That's pretty good. I I liked uh you get a you get an idea of his literary style, I guess, and uh, but I liked the uh, the way he painted that picture. Pretty cool. Yeah, Pretty good. I told you it was a cool, scary first person tale. Yeah, very. Uh, there is a little bit of Lovecraft influence. You could see in Lovecraft. Uh, that was it. so. While you were reading, I was glancing over trying to do my research for this this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, way to go way to put in the effort right at That's the end I of do. it start getting the research well done. you know you sound uh you sound like me when i was in high school <laughs> yeah but you, the premise of high school wasn't you show up with with nothing and the teacher shows up with everything and then you have a little comedy routine kind of Banter between the two. Of I'd you. have been, I'd have been valedictorian. You would if, have been if, if, <laughs> if that's would have, if that would have been high school. Uh, no, this is uh, so. This is good stuff, people. Um, um, so, hey, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this year's Halloween spooktacular. <laughs> <laughs> we will be back next week, as long as the beast doesn't take us into the murky depths. Oh, I hope the beast would take me in the murky depths. That'd be a good way to go. I'd like to, well, I didn't mean I had to die. I'd just like to go to the murky depths and then come back. Does the beast let you do that? No. When the beast takes you down, you don't come back. The old beast. Speaking of the beast, are you uh, dressing up for uh, Halloween this year? Uh, Yeah. What are you? I'm going to... I'm going to be the creature from the Black Lagoon. That, dude, you're in a rut. You're in a rut. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Halloween's on a Monday this year. I'm, I'm going to dress up like the creature from the Black Lagoon like I do every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. 
We're gonna sign logbooks, Brando. Yeah, let's sign uh let's sign spooktacular logbooks. All right. You you sign mine. Uh it can get quite scary on the poop deck with all that that poop uh around of course you're gonna get infections, but you don't worry. I'm willing to gnaw your hand off to save you, James. Thank you, Brando. The thing. It's gleaming. It's coming at me. I am drowning. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. Uh, He drowned. (laughs) (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. Cool. Okay, well, uh, once again, we'll uh, ask you to tune in next week. Same dive time, same dive channel. It won't be spooky because Halloween's over. What are we going for? Uh, we're moving into turkeys, right? For us uh, American United States citizens. Turkeys. So come on in, same gobbler channel, same I ate too much time. <laughs> Thought I, I thought it was going to be Three Musketeers because I don't that was, like Three that would Musketeers. Have been my, that would have been my third right. pick. I had Snickers. Because it's, it's Three Musketeers. The three Musketeers would have been, would have been third my third pick. pick. Well, good, good choice.